So as I have said quite often, just a reminder that the New Testament begins with four different Gospels, all telling the story of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. Matthew, Mark, and Luke are very much the same, so much that they're called the Synoptic Gospels. John, written much later, John makes... Uh, paints the picture, as I would say, in brighter, bolder strokes about Jesus. It's in John that we hear Jesus' bold declarations, not only about God, who he calls Father, but about himself. He says, I'm the bread of life. I am the true vine. I am the good shepherd. In the passage we're going to hear this morning, it comes from... um, The passage in John actually takes up five chapters. Almost a quarter of the entire book of John is taken up by um, these words from Jesus, as John tells us, that come after, well, they come on the night that we call Holy Thursday. We most often in our tradition, you know, think of it as uh, the night of the Last Supper. But the gospel writer John doesn't tell us about the Last Supper. Instead, John talks about the washing of the disciples' feet. That Jesus demonstrates what humble, loving service looks like. And then following that, there's an extended uh, passage. Again, it's like almost five chapters. And Jesus teaches the disciples. And then in the beginning of chapter 17, which we hear from now, we hear these words. After Jesus spoke these words... He looked up to heaven and said, Father. So there's this beginning of a prayer. Jesus' prayer begins with a prayer for his disciples, the ones who are actually there with him. But then goes on, and I share with you now, from chapter 17, verses 20 through 26. And Jesus prayed, I ask not only on behalf of these but also on behalf of those who believe in me through their word, that they may be one. As you, Father, are in me and I in you, may they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you sent me. The glory that you've given me, I've given to them, so that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me, that they may become completely one, so that the world may know that you have sent me, And have loved them even as you have loved me. Father, I desire that those also whom you've given me may be with me where I am. To see my glory which you have given me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. Righteous Father, the world does not know you, but I know you. And these know that you have sent me. I made your name known to them. And I will make it known so that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. (coughs) God, let your word speak. Let your word speak to us. That we might... Be one in you. And that Jesus' prayer might come to fruition in us. Amen. It's pretty incredible, right? 
Did you hear it? That Jesus was praying for you. That Jesus was praying for me. That Jesus was praying for us on this early day in 2022. Jesus prays, I ask not only on behalf of these, and he meant those gathered there physically with him that day, but also on behalf of all who will believe in me through their word. Generations of believers. The gospel passed on through word and action, belief and commitment in and to Jesus. That's who he's talking about. All the people who would come to believe because of the witness of these first disciples. Us. Jesus praying for us. And all who believe so that what? It's so clear, it's been repeated numerous times just in this brief passage that we all might be one. But one in what, right? And how? How are we going to be one? One in correct belief, which is called orthodoxy. Sharing a correct understanding of scripture. Sharing a one same practice of worship or baptism or communion. Sharing the same language. Being one in skin color, of course not. Of course not. Jesus says here, they may be completely one so that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. We're supposed to be one so that the world might know the love of God. Wow. This kind of oneness is simple, right? I mean, it's not complicated. I don't have to describe any kind of under, theological understanding of anything. It's simple and clear, but honestly, quite challenging. Jesus' prayer that we all might be one, one in love, so that the world, all people, might come to know the love of God that he knows. Considering this Sunday, I did think about uh, talking about our shared belief in the resurrection across Christian traditions, or our commitment to the Bible, take a look at the Lord's Prayer, or even the Apostles' Creed. But the more I read this passage and the more I thought about it, it isn't about that at all, I don't think. I mean, I, there is some, <laughs> there is lots of conversation to be had about that, but not this morning. Because it is, how do we live together? How do we give together? How will Christians work together for good in the world? Even Christians who might completely disagree on so many different things. How do we work together? How have we worked together so that the world might know the love of God? What might this look like? Well, we have some examples right here in our own community in Meadville. Right here, actually, at Stone Church. For almost 40 years, uh, the Meadville Area Soup Kitchen has been hosted here at Stone. It began in the fall of 1982. It was a cooperative effort between uh, the pastor then at Stone Church here, uh, Reverend Hank Zimmerman, and another member of Stone that was uh, the director of United Way, uh, Mr. Dwight Haas. Together with some others, they decided there was a need at the time in Meadville 
for a free lunch program. And from that idea was birthed the soup kitchen. In the beginning, it was kind of a ministry, a shared ministry between Stone and United Way and some others, but it expanded to become its own nonprofit with a uh, director, Bev Nutter, and a board. 40 years, a hot lunch five days a week, only time of there was ever literally in almost 40 years a significant shutdown was at uh, the beginning of the pandemic. 40 years, five days a week, thousands of people fed, no questions asked, thousands of people fed with only one part-time staff, Bev. How did that happen? How did that work? How does it work? You know. How do so many things like this work? Volunteers. Hundreds, hundreds of volunteers. And most of them coming from local churches. I talked to Bev this week, and she told me there's about 25 churches currently serving on some rotating basis. Many of those churches were with this program since the beginning. But over the years, there's probably been 50 different churches serving lunches here. And so many different denominations, to just list a few. United Methodist, Presbyterian, Church of God, United Church of Christ, Baptist, Mennonite, Unitarian, Roman Catholic, Independent. This feeding program has been supported by so many organizations and corporations and community givers. All of these churches, though, that have been involved, do they agree on the same social principles? No. Do we share a same understanding of infant baptism or communion? No. But, (laughs) but, Does every one of those church and all those volunteers who come and go believe Jesus' words and take them seriously? I was hungry and you gave me food. I say, yeah. I say, yes, that was the commitment. The commitment is how are we one, not in doctrine, but we're one in service. And in this particular ministry and work, food for the hungry. And another ministry here in Meadville. Stone and First Presbyterian have been committed for almost 50 years to a low-income 100-unit housing complex called Fairview Fairmont Apartments. It is uh, uh, a work, a ministry that was initiated again by local people between Stone and First Presbyterian who at the time in the community said Meadville needs more low-income housing, more Section 8 housing. And from that was born a cooperative work with HUD. Over the years, there's been a board, a United Housing Board that has supervised the actual housing. And there's also been an outreach program to children and families for almost 45 years. Again, this is a cooperative, collaborative effort. And we're now partnering in this new way with the YMCA to provide meaningful after-school connections and programming for children. All of this, right? You know it. 
It's not because we agree on the Apostles' Creed or a whole bunch of other things, but it's because I believe the members of First Presbyterian and the members of Stone take very seriously Jesus' words, let the children come to me and don't hinder them, for to them belong the kingdom of heaven. Right? You want to sing, they'll know we are Christians by our love. So we'll continue to work together in and for Christian unity, and we will continue to pray together in and for Christian unity. Five and a half years ago, when the news reported that a self-proclaimed white supremacist had entered a Bible study at Mother Emanuel AME Church in Charleston, South Carolina, and had shot and killed nine members of that church, we did not stop and say, I wonder what book of the Bible they were studying. I wonder if they understood it in the same way we do. I wonder what denomination again, and how are we connected with these people? We, we prayed, right? We prayed. We cried with the victims' families. We were enraged by the violence. We examined ourselves in our nation about what we are doing or failing to do that allows for this kind of racial hatred. We were united as Christians in lament. And I would say in righteous anger. A week ago, a week ago when an armed man took a rabbi and three parishioners hostage at a synagogue in Collegeville, Texas, we were again called to prayer. Prayer for the safe release of the hostages. Again, righteous anger at the prevalence of hate crimes, and in this case, anti-Semitism. And an examination of ourselves, again, what are we doing or not doing that allows this kind of hate to grow? We're united. We're reunited in faith. And in this case, we're united not just with our Christian brothers and sisters, but with our Jewish family as well. See, Jesus prayed for us. I just want you to leave here this morning holding on to that. Because that gives me a lot of strength to know that Jesus prayed for us and prayed that we might be one so that the love with which you have loved me, O God, he prayed, might be in them and I in them. Might we be strengthened by that prayer, by that knowledge that Jesus prayed for us. So let us continue to pray together, work together, give together, love together, so that Jesus' prayer might be realized, and also so that that prayer that we say every Sunday and that we are going to share together in just a few moments might become a reality. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. Let it be so. Amen.